Alrighty, we are back to the future, episode number five, season two. Uh, I say that because Ken is no longer with us, just at least for this episode. Yeah, you still uh, yeah, it is back to the Rough Draft podcast, season one, basically. Uh, just me and Andy today, two man show. So pretty, uh, pretty happy that. Um, well, we're not happy that Ken's not here, but happy to at least have a show. We've been. Uh, Okay. Uh, we've been slacking this year, so we'll have to pick it up next year. But we'll try to get as many shows out as we can. We have um, six days left until the draft, so this is we're recording this on Friday before the draft, uh, less than a week away from Dallas. Andy, get excited, say excited. Am I right? Oh, I'm freaking pumped. I'll be in New York. A lot of draft picks to be made. Pats may get a quarterback, may trade up. It's going to be great. See Ken's reaction to maybe Baker Mayfield. It's going to be yeah. Great. That'll be good. There's been a lot of rumors swirling. We'll get we'll get to those uh, later on in the show. Um, but we would be remiss if we didn't uh, bring up our top five. So this week we're going to flip to the defensive side of the ball. We've been hitting the offensive side of the ball um, all year, um, season two. So now we'll flip to the defensive side of the ball and, uh, you know, playmakers make plays. You know, you play good, they pay good, pay good. What is it? Look good, play good, play good, whatever Dion says. So uh, those flashy – Divas on the defensive side of the ball uh, who can't catch, otherwise they'd play receiver. The cornerbacks, uh, pretty good class, I think, in my opinion. This is a tough top five. Um, Very deep, and the top guys are definitely talented, worthy of first-round consideration. Absolutely, yeah, and I, got, I like some of the comps here uh, with these guys uh, coming out. So it'll be good to see, and, you know, you can never have too many corners. Um uh, as we've seen over the years, you know, sometimes the third guy along has been just as important as the first guy on the depth chart. Um, and 100%. even special teams plays a big role into uh, these things. So it'll be interesting to see. So top five. Uh, Andy, why don't you lead it off, man? Who do you got? Number one. So, yeah, Number one or number five? Uh, which way you want to do it? You Let's me. go five to one. Why not? Five to one. You got it. Wait. So number five, uh, this guy is a huge playmaker. Uh I think he led the NCAA interceptions, Josh Jackson, out of Iowa. Uh, similar to his teammate last year, Desmond King, kind of an off-man, primarily zone corner who just has incredible ball skills. I think he compares to, you know, when Alteron Werner used to be good, Ross Cockrell, a little better than him. But his negatives to me to be fifth instead of higher, I just – I don't trust his hip turn and uh, change of pace and man coverage. But I think in the next level he'll be – he'll play off. He'll make a lot of plays on the ball. And I think if you run a primary zone defense, he could be a star. Yeah, I think he he's one of those guys that, um, you know, I I, I re he reminds me of who came out of Iowa last year. Uh, yeah, Des King, you said Des right. King, yeah. So I I don't know. I see a lot of Des King in his game, maybe just because they played together. Um, and I think Iowa gets pretty underrated when it comes down to it, as far as just like you know, recruit, uh, not recruits, excuse me, like, you know, guys coming in the draft, unless you're an offensive lineman, um, because they're known for the power offense, right. defensive yeah. side of the ball. They haven't really, um, they haven't really put out that many guys really defensively besides um, a few guys over the years. Now they have Josie Jewell too, um, defensively, the linebacker spot, who who's going to be drafted probably third, fourth round kind of player. So he'll be, um, it'll be interesting. Um, to see what, what happens with him. He's not my number five guy. My number five guy comes from, uh, I think this, this school self-proclaims them as D, themselves as DBU, but so does every other school, uh, is LSU's uh, Dante Jackson. Uh, Dante Jackson, 
really is really a track guy. Um, arguably could be one of the fastest guys in this draft. Um, you know, he's, he's a really interesting prospect for me. Um, because only because I, I like the way that he, he breaks on the ball with his speed. Um, I, who, who do I have him comp to? Let me see. Look at my notes here. I actually have him comp to New York giant, uh, Janoris Jenkins. Um, I like the yeah. way he breaks on the ball. Like I said, um, you know, his speed is a huge factor. I could see him coming in, uh, playing even the slot and, um, and special teams right away. Um, again, that part of, uh, my top five anyway is close, but it's, uh, one of those things that I think his speed will separate him apart. And you know, they have Tolliver also, who's in the draft, who people have got a lot of looks at. Um, and I think maybe some people would put Isaiah Oliver, depending on when you hear the rest of the top five, but, uh, I really like Josh Jackson just because of his speed, and I think that's what's going to translate for him uh, moving forward um, into the NFL and help him be a successful corner. And I think he'll also be a, a big special teams guy um, moving forward. So he's my number five. So Yeah, definitely can be a gunner too, like yeah. you said, on special teams. Speed. Mm -hmm. So then at number four, I got Isaiah Oliver, as you previously mentioned, out of Colorado. Yep. Uh, they Secretly, they're not quite DBU, but they've had a – Track record growing of cornerbacks, Ken Crawley with the Saints, Awuzie Cowboys, Witherspoon with the 49ers. They have they run a tight man coverage scheme. And, you know, he's a classic 6'1 outside corner, maybe Eric Rowe type guy, Tredavious White. Uh, he's not he's not like an elite 6'1 corner like Tlaib, but I think he stays with people in man and he's great uh, perimeter corner. I think you put him in a man scheme on the outside, he can be physical, take away the – um, taller, bigger physical receivers in the game. You don't want him on a Doug Baldwin, Antonio Brown type. So similar to Josh Jackson for me, a scheme-specific corner, but I do like his game a lot. Yeah. Um, Isaiah Oliver is one of those guys who I think um, you heard about last year um, when they had Chidobia Wuzier, um, and I'm blanking on the other guy that they had uh, come out of that secondary also last year. But he was the guy who a lot of people were saying would be even better. Um, than those guys and yeah. you know he his rise has been um, one of the quicker ones I think I've seen uh, from any player uh, from one year to the next and, and he just keeps <clears throat> ascending um, but yeah I like him too he, he's actually not in my top five but uh, I do like him and I'd probably say he's probably tied for fifth um, borderline for me uh, my number four guy is the guy you had at number five is Josh Jackson um, I love his ball skills. I mean, that's what I think makes him. I think there was a game he had about three picks in one game. Um, Ohio State, maybe. Yeah, no question. He, he's a ball hawk. I mean, there's the way he goes up and gets the ball um, and positions himself is, I think, bar none to anyone else in this draft. Maybe Denzel Ward, um, who's also like you know, one of those top flight kind of guys in this draft. Um, but, you know, just like Iowa, he, he plays that physical style football. Um, I actually have him comped to – let me see my notes. I think I had Chris Harris, I want to say. Was Chris Harris my guy? No, I'm sorry, Brent Grimes. I had Brent Grimes. So uh, I just – What's that? Say again? I'll bother, I like that for – Yeah, Brent Grimes. I think just like that nasty, get-in-your-face kind of, you know, fast guy. Like I said, I think he'd actually – He'd actually fit probably pretty well um, in like a Tampa Bay scheme, although they have Hargraves and like those smaller corners. Uh, but uh, Brent Grimes for me is my comp for Josh Jackson. And uh, I think Josh Jackson, I think 
personally, I think all these corners could have major, major impacts year one. I don't really see much bust with a lot of these guys. Um, maybe a guy that I'll get to next um, just because of the level of competition, some would say. Um, but I think that they're all very much day one starters, if not third corners right away coming in. Um, all from big-time schools, too, big-time programs uh, who've, who've put out uh, corners and defensive backs in the past. So uh, Josh Jackson is my number four guy on the list. So number three. Yeah, I definitely agree with that in the sense that as long as you get these guys in the right system and a place to succeed, I think all these guys could have a great career. I just They they play the system well. So, but then for the number three, these were, I think, the corners start to separate themselves. I have these three guys definitely above the rest. Uh, Jay Alexander out of Louisville. Yep. I, my 20th overall player, third corner. I just think he's complete uh, man and zone coverage, sticks with receivers, physical in the run game, can press a bit. He's similar to maybe Casey Haywood out of uh, L.A. That's that's his high end. Then his low end might be Logan Ryan, a guy who can play primarily man coverage but also zone, a little off. And the only real weakness with his game that he's just he's 5'10", and that's not ideal in the NFL. Obviously, you'd like 5'11", 6 feet. And he's been hurt in the past, but one thing that is clear is when, when he's hurt, Louisville's defense really took a step back. You could see the impact he made. So I think he's very safe. He has a swagger to him. If you've heard him on NFL Network, I'm a fan. Really only heights the negative here, and he'll be a number one corner, high end two for a team for many years. Yeah. Um, I, Jair Alexander, I like a lot. Um, I think I wrote to you yesterday about that. I'm a big, big fan of his. Yep. Uh, my number three guy has a little bit of character concerns, maybe a big reason why he's number three. Uh, UCF's um, Mike Hughes, he originally started off at um, University of North Carolina, was a Tar Heel. He left the team, unfortunately, for violating some team rules, and I believe there's a situation out there where he had a sexual assault uh, that just came out. So today he's been telling teams about that. Um, I comp him to Aqib Tlaib. Um, he, he, again, he's another guy who's a really physical man corner. Um, when I watch his film, you know, he definitely could go up and get the ball. I think he he's a little high in some of the things he does. His hip bend isn't the best, but I really do like, um, Mike Hughes. And I think another situation that could hurt him, um, is his, his playing time. So he played at UCF. He got kind of kicked out. He went to Juco, um, but I think you get him into a, you know, an NFL situation, NFL training program. He gets bigger, stronger, gets the experience. I think his best football is ahead of him. Um, he needs to improve a little bit when it comes to tackling. He seems to be a little weak there. Um, and I'm not the biggest fan on corners who can't tackle. I really do like ta corners who can tackle. I think that's obviously – I mean, it sounds very like – stupid to say but that's important and i think some people don't value that as much they say well if you can just lock the guy down or you're a ball hawk but i mean listen you know when you, when you run the ball at them if they're just gonna whiff i mean no one really wants that at all on the field so uh, i think that's one thing he'll definitely have to improve on moving forward but i do think his best football is ahead of him so i have him at number three and i think um his physical style of play will help him a lot and i i noticed that i think with all these guys i think they're all for the most part pretty physical man corners at least in my top five um you know he's not mike Hughes isn't the biggest guy that could be a big knock on him but i'm pretty sure right neither was marshawn Lattimore last year um 
He's not the biggest guy, I believe, right? He's five, he's, five ten. He's a little taller, but I don't think he's six plus. He right. Five, five, five. Yeah, he's yeah. not. He's not Isaiah Oliver, right? Who's six one? Um, yeah, no. Not. Um, who's the kid Leap. that got drafted out of West Virginia last year from uh, fr- from the Eagles? Uh, Russell Douglas. Oh yeah, that guy's huge. Uh, he's six three. You know, he's, you know, Dominique Rogers Cromartie's don't grow on trees. <laughs> so, um, although that's the brand of uh, of football that has been popular lately. Richard Sherman's and stuff like that. Brandon Browner's, you know, I think, uh, you know, there's definitely a spot for those guys who can go up and get the ball and and be tough and and definitely, you know, um, counteract their advantage with or disadvantage, excuse me, with their size. So uh, Mike Hughes, my number three guy. So then, yeah, piggybacking off that, just slightly above Alexander, I have Mike Hughes number two. You touched on plenty of it. I think you summed it up pretty well. I will say his number one trait that just sticks out when I watch him and why I have him. Very high. He just he plays like 110 miles an hour. Just everything in coverage. If his recovery speed is great when the ball's in there, I love that. It reminded me of Lattimore last year. Not as good, but just if he's beat, he can recover. Like you say, his tackling is very inconsistent, but because he's looking to kill the receivers, like he's yeah. just flying down the line and he can whiff. So could be too that, aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. So I hopefully that can be coached up. It's not like he's timid. Some corners don't give a crap. But obviously, you touched on his negatives, and I think he compares. He reminds me, when Butler was on his game, Malcolm Butler, like in 2016, just that physical in-your-face, 110 miles an hour. I like Tlaib. He's obviously small, a good comparison. And then maybe Pac-Man Jones with his second stint with the Bengals. Just physical corner, has a swagger to him. Very Plays high, high level and can come in, I think, be a number one corner in the league despite he's not the biggest guy out there. Sure. Uh, my number two guy, uh, again, I keep bringing it back to him. He's – one of my favorite corners I've actually ever watched. Um, if Denzel Ward, sorry, spoiler, wasn't my number one and I think wasn't as good, um, I think he'd be very, very close to my number one guy, uh, Jair Alexander from Louisville. Um, you know, he missed some time. I think he sprained his knee, which hurt him. But I equate him to Josh Norman. I mean, he's a bulldog. He's only 5'10", but he plays He plays a little tall sometimes. And I just love the way he, he baits the quarterback. He's always watching with his eyes. Um, he actually, when I watch him, I, I notice he leaves a little room of separation, which I notice um, I've seen a thing. Uh, Sante Samuel used to do this. He knows the routes so well that he can just kind of bait the quarterback and just he reads it and just reacts so well that he picks it off or he'll come over the middle for a big hit. Um, I like Jair Alexander's game a ton. Uh, again, I comp him to Josh Norman, just a outside, in-your-face kind of uh, guy who who – He's gonna he's gonna compete. He's gonna win, and I think he he could also play in the nickel. Uh, I think he'll come in and be a solid number two. Um, I think a team like maybe the Jets. I know they have Mo Claiborne, but opposite Tremaine Johnson, uh, Jair Alexander would be a great fit for them. Although he's obviously not going three overall, and I think I think Jair is a number uh, a day one round one guy. Um, maybe there's some concern with his knee. I don't know, um, but. I really enjoy the way he plays a lot, but that's not to say my number one guy I don't like just as much because I do. So, Andy, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, so then uh, obviously number one, pretty much everyone's number one corner in this draft, unanimous, Dental Ward, Ohio State. He's a 99th percentile athlete, basically, all his combine testing, elite hip turn mirror, just an elite man coverage guy at the next level. Not not a lot to say. Chris Harris is a great comp because you can play in the slot, the outside. Not the biggest guy. And the only real knock I have on him, especially against Indiana, 
bigger receivers can bully him to catches. Like he'll be right there in the coverage, but you could just catch over him. But yeah, a smart coach will obviously put him on receivers that make sense. Uh, he could he could erase not erase but limit Antonio Brown, the Baldwin's of the world, the smaller guys. So I think Harris is a great comp for him, just an elite man coverage Pro Bowl type corner that can play in the slot. I don't think he's he's not as good as last year's uh, his teammate Lattimore. I don't no. see upside there, but obviously no knock to him. He's he's a great corner. Yeah, I I think you hit on it, especially when you said like his hip turn is really good. Um, he does a good job staying on the hip. A lot of the um, Ohio State corners have done that the past three years. You know, you look at um, even Bradley Roby, uh, Eli Apple, when he was coming out, he did do a good job of that. Please don't get me started on that conversation, but in the NFL. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I really like him. He hits. He's not afraid to hit. He can run. He was a track guy. You know, he grew up in the track guy. Um, he high points the ball very, very well. Um, he gets a little off balance, but I think his recovery skills is is good. When he gets contacted, he, you know, he gets a little off balance. But uh, I think that's something that's corrected. I, I don't think um, a big situation for him is going to be where he's you know a grabby kind of guy. I think he relies on his technique as far as, like you said, staying on the hip, high point in the football. Um, just a really solid prospect. Um, can run very, very good feet, and I think that's what can help him, uh, especially if it's a faster – quick twitch kind of guy. Um, and if he's asked to do something coming in as a rookie, you know, Andy, I'm sure that we, you know, talk about this a little bit, but you know, sometimes guys come in as rookies and they're asked to, you know, be the third corner or be the nickel guy. And maybe they don't feel as comfortable there. Cause that's not what they did in college because they were the number one guy. So that's a possibility for him. And I could see um, that could be a negative for a guy like that. But I think at the end of the day, he's an outside number one corner. Um, and I think he'll be, um, He'll be very close, like you said, to Marshawn Lattimore, who came out last year. I comp him actually to um, – I know you said Chris Harris, right? Was that yeah. – I comp him to Casey Hayward. Um, I like that. That works. Another smaller corner. You know, uh, he's 5'11". Um, but, again, he's really good with the ball uh, – on the ball. Um, and he just kind of goes up and, and grabs it and good feet. Um, I think he has the ability to play inside, although he's obviously best suited to play um, outside. So. That's uh, top five. That was pretty cool. Any uh, other honorable mentions you could think of? Yes. Uh, definitely this guy's my sixth corner just quick, and then I'll go to a couple sleepers. All right. Carlton Davis, Auburn. He's super. He's the most physical corner in the draft, which can obviously be a negative if some receivers get by that press. But if you get him in a press scheme, I think teams will love him. I love – he just wants to smother receivers at the line. He's Brandon Browner-esque in my opinion. Yeah. you have a take on him? Uh, on – who is this on? Uh, Carlton Davis. Carlton Davis. Yeah, I like Carlton Davis. I mean, we saw him, saw him play actually in person. Bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like Carlton Davis. I think um, he'll end up being a special teams guy his first year or two, um, just like every other uh, Auburn corner. Uh, I mean, again, I think you look at these schools of these guys, the top five that we mentioned, uh, and you see a pattern of you know these guys have put out these programs have put out corners year after year. Where a team like Auburn, um, you know, really hasn't Alabama really hasn't had much success either with Cyrus Jones corners, okay. right? Cyrus Jones and uh, Marlon Humphrey. Milner. I don't even know if he showed up last year. Um, so yeah, I mean, there are certain schools I think that put out guys that you know do well. I mean, even Colorado again recently they've had a couple good DBs come out. So I think you see a pattern there. 
Um, yeah, I like I like Carlton Davis. I think he's definitely one of those guys. Um, I would personally um, pick. I like the corner from um, from Stanford. Um, drawing a blank on his name right now. Meeks. Meeks. Quentin Meeks. I like Quentin Meeks. Um, I think Stanford is interesting kind of prospect pool. They're just kind of one of those quiet, especially defensively. They just kind of get guys that get it done. I like Quentin Meeks. Uh, he's just an honorable mention for me. And then another guy I like is um, actually MJ Stewart from uh, North Carolina. Um, I think he's a really good man corner. He struggles with tackling a little bit. Um, but he's a guy that I enjoy watching. And then, um, a couple of the Alabama guys I like, um, Levi Brown. I'm actually a, a fan of Levi Wallace. Oh, uh, we have a Wallace. Yes. Yeah, Levi Brown. I'm a fan of him too. He's one of my guys. Uh, I like Levi Wallace. I actually, I like him better than Anthony Everett or, uh, Everett. Sorry. I agree. Um, I like Levi Wallace a lot because he was the second corner there. Um, and he got thrown out a lot. And for the most part, he was pretty, pretty much a shutdown guy. And I think, you know, a lot of times you see at Alabama those second, third string guys who have a chance to play, who aren't the top tier guys, actually succeed very much so in the league. Because um, once they're called on, again, they're still that second, third guy in the NFL, but they'll get it done. And I, I like Levi Wallace a lot. Um, he's for me. He's a, definitely, I think, a sleeper. Yeah, he was one of my two sleepers. I love his game. Just and obviously, you said. To go from a walk-on or whatever intramural football team all the way to starting for Alabama is impressive. Yeah. So and, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. And then just one quick guy I like is Isaac. Probably not pronouncing this right. Isaac Yedom out of Boston College. Oh yeah. Local he kid. He come up and hit you. He'll. I, yeah. I like him. Yeah, he's like kind of. He could even move to like maybe. I think he's very versatile. You could draft him in the third, fourth round. Maybe try him out at strong safety. I think he has the hips to be an outside corner, maybe a third corner. But just a smart player, sound in coverage. And like you say, he's very physical, big dude. I think you yeah. co come in and compete in the secondary and, you know, have a role. Now, here's a guy I was, I'm thinking about. I was thinking about him doing some mocks for the Giants. And uh, mid-round mid guy, um, you know, late day two, you know, maybe early day three kind of guy. Another school who's put out quite a bit of D-back talent, you know, Jalen Ramsey, Derwin James in this draft. Uh, Florida State corner, uh, Tavares McFadden, you know, they had Ronald Darby. Um, they've had some, they've had some D back talent. I, I kind of like him. He's six, two. He's another one of those. If you're looking for one of those big frame corners, uh, I think Tavares McFadden could be your guy again. He, he's a good man guy. Um, and against in the red zone, you know, you put him up against the Des Bryant type player or, you know, Amari Cooper, you know, just again in the red zone, I think he, he could definitely, um, you know, could definitely be a, a player that, you know, people, a mid-round guy that, you know, you get something out of him. A little slow. I mean, he ran like a four, six, seven high. Yeah, that'll so, crash his stock so you can get him in the mid-rounds. Right. So, I mean, again, you know, looking at a guy like Russell Douglas last year who had a big role for the Eagles, um, a bigger guy, um, you know, I think some teams look for that, and I think he could be a guy that uh, could help a team out. So, no, it's definitely interesting. And like you talk about, um, this is an interesting, interesting class for sure. Uh, with corner, They're very I think very deep, especially in the mid rounds. You could get some quality starters um, that that could come in and play for you. Yeah, corner is definitely it's up there with maybe the deepest position, like quarterback. Just a lot of players that can come in and make an impact, and obviously the top end guys are great as well. It's, it's definitely deep as well as top end. Unlike receiver, who kind of lacking in the top end. Yeah, I, I agree, and I think 
you know, touching on the quarterback position like we have and, and now touching on the cornerback position, I think you're going to get a lot of guys who are not great, but they're going to be very good for you. You know, you're not going to get a Hall of Fame guy. You're not going to get a, you know, maybe a shutdown type corner like a Marshawn Lattimore, like you said. But I think you're going to get a really solid, you know, one, two, or, you know, even like, again, a, th a third corner who's very important in this league now, um, about 60% with three corners on the field, that you're going to get a guy who who's going to come in and, and play and, and be important to your team and, and not be a liability at that point. Yeah, that's the key because – if you have one corner that's a liability in the field, uh, Pats fans know this in some Super Bowls. It, it, everyone's old defense. You need strong corners. Even the Eagles defense, who was had a loaded front seven, you saw the Pats kind of pick their low end corners apart. Joe and Mills, them. So sure. you, you need you need depth at corner big time. Yep. So as the offensives get stronger, pass the ball more. Um, so so will the defensive backs in the backfield. So that'll be interesting. We'll definitely get into the safety position. Uh, when Ken gets back, that would be a good one to touch on. You got high-end guys like Minka and Derwin. And, uh, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Ronnie Harrison, actually. Justin um, Reed. So, you just, hey, Justin Reed, man, he's a, he's been a riser, too. So, I like Justin Reed. Eric Reed remains unsigned, his brother. Um, still, God only knows what happened with that. But, anyway, we'll save that for another episode. So, another thing I wanted to touch on with you, Andy, is there's been a lot of rumors um, floating around about Again, the quarterback position, um, I think for the first time in forever that I can really remember, if at all, this has been a draft that I think is the most unpredictable, especially when it comes to the quarterback and the top of the draft. Um, there's been a lot of whispers, rumors about Baker Mayfield being linked to the Jets at three, uh, being linked to the Browns potentially at one or four. Um, the Broncos too. Bron right, I was just going to say the Broncos apparently love him. So do you see him falling past number five? And do you think that if it is, he, if he does slide to five, it's because maybe the Broncos trade out? Or what's your take on the whole Baker Mayfield kind of rising now a little bit later? Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, I actually think I agree it's very unpredictable. Mayfield seems like he has the most smoke and fire right now to the Jets. Seems like a lot of people, McShay, Albright, a lot of different reporters are saying that's like that should be the pick. And I think if the Jets somehow don't take him, I think LA really likes him. So I think I think he's a top five as close as you can get to a lock. And even then, like you said, maybe the Bills or the Dolphins would trade up for him. So I think I think he's going to the Jets personally, but if he doesn't, someone's trading up for him. People realize he's too his floor is too high, too accurate, and someone's gonna come get him. And that's Something that I think I'm happy you touched on and said too accurate because you look at a guy uh, from Wyoming and Josh Allen who is not very accurate. Not very accurate. No. You know that's one of those things you can't really you can't really Fix. fix accuracy. I don't think uh, that's not one of those things that it's, it's taught. I think it's just you either have it or you don't. Um, and I think if he falls, if he doesn't go one or four to the Browns, I, I really do believe this. I think he could really fall. Um, you know, maybe to 12 to Buffalo. And maybe that's a good situation for him to sit behind AJ and play in Buffalo, cold weather, big arm. I I personally, you know my hatred for the guy. Yeah. I, I don't like him. Uh, and my house will be lit on fire uh, if the Giants take him at two. But um, Ken's not here to defend himself. He's a big yeah, fan. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't know too many Jeff fans who, at least Jeff fans I know. I don't really know, honestly, Ken's take. But I know a lot of other Jeff fans that I'm friends with. They are not 
happy if the Jets draft Josh Allen. Um, I, I don't know. I just I feel like he could really fall. I mean, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I, I could see a I could see him falling a bit. I just think you know these GMs. You could go down the list of strong um, quarterbacks that have been drafted high, and I just I think people there's gonna be one GM out there who thinks they can fix him and make him a superstar, and they'll trade up for him. I just we'll see who it is come draft day, but there'll be one. It could be freaking John Dorsey's. Like you need big hands. Big hands right. are very important, and obviously he has the biggest hands, so everyone's freaking out. Right, and there's so much smoke in this draft. I think more than ever. Oh, you know, so much misdirection. And that's like a link to every quarterback in the draft. So that's and that's the other thing I was gonna say too. I'm happy you continue to make my segues easy. Um, Josh Rosen has been linked to the. Oh, Patriots don't get me started. By That'd chance, be fantastic. So that be the video of a lifetime for. Now, what is your yeah? What is your take on what could be the cockiest quarterback room in NFL history with oh Josh Rosen and Tom Brady? The competition too, like our Brady would stop, but like Rosen wouldn't back down. That, that's what would be so fascinating. I think that would be a Jimmy G type of scenario for them. I think that puts them right back in the even better. Honestly, I think he obviously has more hype than Jimmy G did coming out of Eastern Illinois. Um, Very but I think Josh Rosen to the Pats. Do you think that that's possible? I I just don't see it. I just think give me a way how you think that that's possible. I'm curious to see. Yeah, so obviously you need. You need uh, Donald to go above him, Allen, Mayfield, and then you need the Bills not to want Rosen. And then if, if Rosen's at seven, eight, or nine, especially nine, the 49ers connection with uh, John Lynch, you know, the Jimmy G trade, you send them 23 and 31 for nine. That's a spot a lot of people in New England are looking at that they could possibly get up. But my my gut says he won't fall that far. But if he's if he falls to eight or nine, I think we're going to go up and get him. I just I can see why Belichick would love that type of quarterback. Sure. Someone to challenge, like in the film room, like you know Rosen's deal. Like he just he speaks his mind and stuff, and he he wants like a challenge. And I can see that's just a great fit here. And Belichick would also do it, you know, kind of nudge Brady a bit. Look, I got this stud QB two coming for you again, right? And I desperately want a quarterback. But if I had to predict, honestly, I don't know. I, I could see them drafting Lamar twenty three. I know you've mocked him there, and I like that too. We're taking a quarterback. I just have no idea who. Yeah, I think I think Lamar would be a good fit for the Pats. I think it gives him the opportunity to develop in the really the pro game. Um, yeah, again, a couple years, more, hopefully. Right, a couple years, which again, Tom Brady, because I'm sure he's going to play this year. Uh, so to all you New England fans who are listening, don't worry, he's going to play. Um, but yeah, I think you know you get Lamar in there, and I think I don't think Josh Rosen is going to be negatively impacted from sitting if he has to in those type of situations. Yeah, I think he is the most pro ready to play right now tomorrow. I agree uh, for somebody. So, what would you say for Josh Rosen to get to eight or nine? Yeah, how would it have to fall in the draft for you? Oh, let's do this. Yeah, I want to see what you have to say about this. Yeah, I'll do this on the fly. Let's see. Yeah. Donald goes number one. Okay. Number two, the Giants stay, take Saquon Barkley. Okay. Three, the Jets, the smoke is real, Baker Mayfield. Okay. Four, the Browns take uh, Bradley Chubb, you know, pair him with Miles Garrett. Very possible. Very possible. And then five is the big one. This is where it gets dicey for Rosen. The Bills trade up to five for Josh Allen. Josh Allen. And, uh, and that's where now the teams have the QBs in six, seven, eight, nine. Do the Dolphins want Rosen? Do they not like him? Do the – do the Cardinals, and if the Cardinals and Dolphins aren't a fan of them, then you're looking at the Chargers, the Patriots, the Saints. 
that's where it could get dicey. But the key, obviously, do the Bills want Rosen? Then they're easily getting him. They have the capital. But if they want Josh Allen, then then it gets fun. Sure, that, and that'll be interesting to see because I'm thinking about Miami. Um, that's, a, that's the dark horse too. And they, you know, a lot of people will say, like, will he put up with you know, will Adam Gase be able to deal with him, and will he be able to deal with Adam Gase? But I think, I mean, you look at he dealt with Jay Cutler for a season. I mean, Jay Cutler doesn't seem to be the easiest, uh, working guy. personality. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know if that's a, a thing to worry about. And don't forget, I mean, I know people like to rip him and write him off right away, but they still, they still have Tannehill. I mean, you know, it's not like they don't have anybody. It's not like I agree. No I, offense to Buffalo and AJ McCarron, but AJ McCarron hasn't done much as a starter. You know, uh, the Bills again, their quarterback. It doesn't matter who. The Dolphins, Ken Hill's honestly okay when he's healthy, better than okay. I think he's solid. He just they have, he has no O line. So. And it's again, it's funny that we continue to go back to the quarterbacks. Like every episode, it just I feel like we go back to the quarterbacks. Every every draft show, every draft mock, every whatever goes to the quarterbacks every time because it's one of those good. Not top tier great. It's just I think they're all lumped together to be very good, and that's why everyone's going to try to take a run on this class. Uh, but it, it'll be definitely interesting. I mean, I still think Darnold's the guy at one man. I I really do. They, the Browns can't be like if you take Josh Allen, and I'm not a I'm not as big as a hater as you have, but like you can't take him number one. You just can't. And it's just simply like yeah, you could bust so hard. Sam Donald has a floor. Josh Rosen has a floor. Mayfield has a floor. Like, come on, guys. Now, do you buy the smoke that there's a potential that John Dorsey is in a dungeon potentially thinking about taking two quarterbacks? Do you think that that's true? I get the theory, but. I do not. I do not. Oh, get don't, actually, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I won't even be nice. Like, no, first off. Is the competition between two – would that even work, the snaps at practice? No. But I will say this. I will say this. Is there anything more Cleveland Brown – Than taking two. Than taking two. Imagine it's like – nah, it's like Allen and like – The Mason. only way I could justify that happening, the only way, and it's not – it's literally not possible, is if they never had Tyrod Taylor in the fold. Yeah, no. I, maybe if they draft like, like – I liked what the skins did when they took Cousins in the fourth after IG3. Second sure. If you want to sit there and say you want to get Kyle Lawletta somewhere or, yeah. you know. Not one and four, especially because you're going to have, you're going to be, do I want to, yeah, I'll say it. You want to be, you'll be guaranteed either Barkley or Chubb. Take one of the all pros. Come on. Exactly. And that's exactly right. I mean, you're guaranteed Bradley. And I think the way John Dorsey is, not to say he's Sashi Brown with the money ball situation, but he, Every GM values picks, you know, to an extent. And he's going to be getting his phone rung off the hook, number four. Um, again, if this was Sashi Brown, I could definitely see potentially moving out of one. I actually really could. Oh, uh, no. I don't that think that guy, he's like, Carson Wentz, I don't like it. Right. Sean Watson, Trubisky, I don't like it. That was insane. So, yeah, it's, you know, I think that guy, again, was more of an analytics guy than a football guy. No offense to you. Oh, wow. Sorry, no shot at at you. No free ads. He played football. I'm the analytics guy. I feel it. I feel it. So, um, no, it'll be interesting to see. And, again, I hate to say it. I hate to be that guy. But I think the the draft does start with the the New York Giants. I mean, I think that they're in a situation that is going to be 
um, the most intriguing, I think, especially with talking about trades. Now, do you think, as a Pats fan, as a non-Giants fan, because I want to hear your opinion, and then I'll give my bias, um, yeah. do you think that they trade? Do you think that they – or do you think they stay at two? I think, based on uh, – first off, I, I like your GM in the sense he's very, like, charismatic. He tells the truth. He's <laughs> also he's a New, New England guy, so you can't not like I didn't him. know that. He says quarterback. I like that instead of quarterback. So. so yeah, you hear what he says, and I I think quarterback. I want to rule it out. I think I think it's down to Barkley a trade out. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's down to Barkley a trade out. I think there's a potential that they could trade down to twelve and maybe back up to five to grab uh, a Bradley Chubb. Um, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. You know, I, and I, I think that, that yeah, one. I think the, the potential for that and the thinking behind that is they don't have a pick past round five. Um, they have two number threes, but they have yeah. they're tied for the fewest picks in the draft. Um, so I think I, Gettleman, I would trade out. You know my opinion since the first episode, and I would too. You would okay, cool. And I would too. And I, I'm at that point where, you know, call me crazy, but the reason someone's going to trade up to two is not for Saquon Barkley, right? No. So, no. and, and the they're going to quarterback. For a quarterback, right? And unless John Dorsey. That'll be interesting because then that'll ask the question, is John Dorsey value Saquon Barkley or does he value picks? Because he'll either take Barkley, I think, because I feel like it, maybe they take Chubb. Maybe they take Chubb, and that would work into what I'm trying to say here. But I think there's a potential for the Giants to eventually go to that five spot, whether they go from down to 12 and then five or just five. Um, I don't know. Uh, and they can they can end up with one of the three big guys, in my opinion, the non quarterbacks. In the best three players in the draft. Yeah, and I think those are the best three players in the draft. I agree. Um, yeah, I have Rosen, but uh, the three non quarterbacks. Yeah, and right. I actually like that idea because you're right. You're guaranteed one of them at five too. I right. think Chubb so, or Barkley would be there. Wow, that's a good. Well, idea. And I think that's the point of like the potential trading up at that point. It's going to be for a quarterback. So someone's going to trade the two for a quarterback. You know, the Jets are definitely taking a quarterback at three. Four is where it gets interesting again because it's either someone's trading up for a quarterback and the Browns say, well, we have our quarterback. We'll just get more picks and move down, who knows, maybe six, seven spots. Um, and then you have the the Giants potentially or you have maybe a team like the, um, the Broncos taking, you know, Bradley Chubb um, or – they just released C.J. Anderson, so maybe they could go grab Saquon Barkley at five. I, it'd be very interesting to see. Um, if the Giants trade down to twelve, they're not getting Nelson Chubb or Barkley, but they also now have two first-round picks um, and way more capital. I'm sure that the Bills, if that because that trade would be with the Bills, I could see that being a Ricky Williams type trade. Um, it would be so expensive. That's why I think the Bills are going to trade a five. If they trade a two and it's Josh Allen. Oh, that'll be that'll be a sight to see. And I have a hot take that just came into my head. Let's do it. Hear me out on this. The Giants will trade with the Bills. Here we go. For for 12. Got it. 22. 22. A second. Second. Two thirds. A third. And Kelvin Benjamin. Are the Bills not having receivers? I like the rest. Here's my here's my reason. Okay. Here's my reasoning behind that. Okay, Dave Gettleman drafted Kelvin Benjamin, and he traded him. Right? Where are you well, going? No, he was gone. He was gone. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. He was gone before they traded him. Um, oh. and 
the Giants just released Brandon Marshall, their red zone big bodied receiver. They need an X. They need an X. I, it's it's not going to happen, but no, that's if, actually fair because he did. Tra- no, I get that. The picks make sense too. Like that's, I think that's how much it's going to cost. And the fact that they did it before, and if you want to argue and take out one of the thirds, yeah, and, whatever, and Calvin Benjamin, whatever it is, I think that Calvin Benjamin could be part of that trade. I think that the Bills are ready to give up everything for their guy. And, and I think maybe there's a potential framework of a deal in place. Oh, definitely. Maybe that's why they, the Giants released Brandon Marshall. I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe it's Dez, yada, 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 whatever people want to say. So, interesting. Interesting. So, you think – moving on back – I'm sorry, moving back to the Patriots now because we're yeah. back on your paths. You have 23? 23 and 31. 31. So, you think Lamar is definitely your guy at one of those picks? Definitely strong. I think he's the – I put me on the spot. I think he's Belichick – and McDaniel's guy. I'll, I think he is. Okay. All right. And what if, what if he goes to Arizona or Miami at some point? That's the th- then what do you do? I think you trade 23 and 43 to like 14 or 13. And you so you think that they really do move up then at the end of the day? For the quarterback, I'll predict I think they're going for Jackson and Rosen. I, I do. I, I think they know they can't get Jackson at 23 so with the latest buzz that he's going top 20. Yeah. I and if, if they get neither, then you're talking about Rudolph Laletta. Then, like, there's a big – not a big drop-off, but, like, more of the tier two. There's a – there's I would say there's a big drop-off. I mean, no, I'm not going to say that there's an astronomical drop-off, but there is a big drop-off. But you get the Josh difference Rosen between, like, Rudolph. yeah, the top five. Right. Top four and then Lamar. But – uh, Yeah, interesting. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, it'll be awesome. One more thing I wanted to touch on, uh, and then we will wrap it up. Um there's been some buzz about another prospect possibly leapfrogging um, my guy who I had as the number one offensive tackle on this draft, Mike McGlinchey. There's been a lot of talk that Colton Miller um, will be taken before um, either Connor Williams or, or Mike McGlinchey, whoever you want to say that. Personally, I think that Connor Williams is even better than Colton Miller, um, Although it doesn't seem because of his injury history, maybe that they will take him there. Uh, what do you think about that? And and you know, what's your take on on all that kind of stuff that happens with risers? And I mean, do you buy it? Do you do you think he's a better prospect? Yeah. First off, obviously you're the offensive lineman guy. I wasn't a big fan of uh, Cam Robinson last year, and I Neither think he was, I, so. and he was really good. So yeah, he started every snap for the Jaguars. Obviously, yeah. a big part of that turnaround. But uh, I do have Colt Miller at one, but. It's so tough with these guys. They're all clumped, like him and McGlinchey and uh, Connor Williams. And also, I do like Orlando Brown. He's massive. I get you it. Do. See, I, I, it was funny. No. I was just talking to my buddy about Orlando Brown. They had a documentary on him on NFL Network, and he reminds me so much of Eric Flowers. It's kind of scary. I can See, I, I 100% get that. But the cool thing is you can get him later than Eric Flowers, not to be mean. And that's 100% true, and that's something that I would do. And I think any GM would – if you were to comp him to Eric Flowers and say, okay, you get Eric Flowers at nine or you get Orlando Brown in the third round. Yep, and you can – pretend if Eric Flowers had Dante Scarnecchia, for example. You never know what happens. So, I agree. Yeah, there's, like, no doubt, there's no doubt about it. And yeah, I think the difference between Orlando Brown and Eric Flowers real quick, and I'll touch on the yeah. thing. I think Orlando Brown is much more mature um, – you know, Eric Flowers will rather go work out with his father than go to like an off- offensive line school to work out. 
Oh, you know, he doesn't show up to to the Giants voluntary in air quotes. If anyone, <laughs> I didn't know that. that. Yeah, he didn't. He was the only player on the roster who did not show up. Wait, this year? This year? It's like make or break. He's the right tackle if he wants to stay in the you league. Know, and I don't think he's the right tackle when it comes down to okay, it. Okay, good. <laughs> I know they penciled him in there, but I, I think there's going to be a guy like a Alex Kappa who I mocked last last episode, or there's you know, no one Isaiah Wynn if he stays at tackle. Um, hell, I'll draft Connor Williams if he's there at the top of day too. Um, so going back to the McGlinchey thing. Um, I think Mike McGlinchey is obviously the number one tackle in this draft, and he's been, in my opinion, since day one. Um, and I think it's just a bunch of BS. I think when it comes down to it, GMs are smart enough to realize this also, and they go back to, hey, this was our number one guy from day one. Like, we're not going to buy into this crap, this, that, the other thing. Like, he's our guy. And that's also why you may see, like, Orlando Brown go earlier than most people have been expecting. Because you put yeah, on the tape, and he's like arguably like the third, fourth best tackle who could go in the second round. You know, um, I yeah. just think Colton Miller doesn't come from a pro style offense. Uh, I think he has a lot more flaws to his game. I mean, Mike McGlinchey comes from Notre Dame, where they definitely run more of a pro style. It's still spread, but it's a little bit more pro style. And their offensive line coach is now the offensive line coach with the Bears. So. Um, Harry Heastan is like one of the best offensive line coaches in the country. I still think Mike McGlinchey is the number my he's my OT number one. Um, Cole Miller is definitely number two. There's no question about that. But I just I hate when they overanalyze guys so much at this time of year that it like may affect now their stock. Rumors, yeah, swirling. And I saw a thing even today with Darius Geis not being the number two running back taken. Um, we just need the draft at this point. Too many down. It's it's at the point oh, where yeah. I'm just gonna throw up if they don't. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so yeah. yeah, so that uh, that is for me. That is it. Uh, Andy, do you have any takes? Happy 420, by the way. I don't know if any of our listeners do any of that garbage, but we I do not. Nah, shout out uh, to uh, my buddy's birthday 420. I think he celebrates the festivities today. Okay, with vitamins. Okay. Big guy. Okay. Um, but yeah, any takes? I dropped them with the quarterbacks. I, I don't know, man. I'm excited. I want to see what team does the what what the f move. You know, someone's gonna move up crazy or something. Yeah, I think there's. I think like last year, Mitch Trubisky, that that trade up was a surprise. The Mahomes trade up was a surprise by Kansas City. I would not be as surprised. I think there's gonna be a lot of trades this this year in the first round. That'll be another thing I think we'll see. Um, and if not, it'll be one of the biggest disappointing first rounds, I think, because of the hype. Um, I'm ready. I'm but we're, we're ready for it. No leaks, finally. That's been reported. ESPN and NFL Network have agreed to not tease or leak the picks. Thank God for that because we always struggle with that. No Twitter. We'll, we'll put our phones away. Definitely um, for day one, no Twitter. We're potentially thinking about going Facebook Live. Oh, that'd be great. We'll we'll, we'll decide maybe. But maybe we'll see. We don't like to really show our faces. That's why we're we're podcast people. We're not uh, we're not very visual. We're pretty ugly. Our faces aren't meant for this. Um, so that's fine. Um, Andy, any parting thoughts? You're good. I'm good for. Hopefully, we get a few more episodes in and get to. Yeah, drop. thank God we didn't have Ken. Woo! <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but it was good to be back. Two guys again. One cup. No, I'm just kidding. One show. Um. And I just had to throw in some humor at the end of this because why not? We are six days away 
It's big time. We're ready to roll. Excited, 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 to say the least. So with that, I'm Matt Genetino, Andy Prowls, on the other side of the glass, as they say in Radio Biz in Massachusetts. Uh, all right, we'll see you guys probably later on this week with another episode, this time with uh, Mr. Analytics, Ken. See you guys. See you guys. All right.